Over the past month, if you haven't been with us, we've been in a series called Renewed, and we've been looking at the idea of having a fresh movement of God uh, in our lives as we began the new year of 2019. And, and to do that, uh, we've actually done most of our study from the book of 2 Kings, chapters 22 and 23, and we've been looking at the story of King Josiah uh, from Judah, who led not only himself, but his entire nation into a fresh, vibrant, renewed uh, walk with the Lord in that area. And what we've seen is, is that for a fresh movement of God to happen, uh, the first thing that actually has to happen to, in front of everything else is you have to realize you need to be renewed. If you do not feel like your relationship with the Lord needs to get stronger or needs to be uh, maybe uh, closer or if you just need God moving in your life again, if you don't realize that, that you're not where you need to be with the Lord, then you're not going to do anything to try to strengthen that walk with God. So the first thing is you have to realize the conditions in your life are present for a renewal uh, in your life. You need God moving again. You're not where you need to be. And then once that has happened, once you realize, yes, I'm not where I need to be, I, would, I really desperately need God doing a new thing in my life, then there's some things according to the King Josiah story that are mandatory to have God moving in your life. The first one is you've got to rediscover the Word of God. You are not going to receive a, a renewal with the Lord or a fresh movement of God in your life apart from the Word of God because that is His Word and that's what He uses to speak to us. And so you can go and buy as many self-help books as you want to and you can uh, sing as much songs as you want to and you can uh, go to church as much as you want to, but if you're not in the Word of God, you're not going to hear exactly what He has to say to you. And that's what happened uh, in King Josiah's life. They rediscovered the Word. Once they rediscovered the Word of God and the power that it had, uh, the second thing happened, and that is they become convicted. They become convicted of their sin. They, they begin to see where they had uh, fallen short of God's standard. They begin to see where they had broken God's laws. And God began to convict them and to show them where they messed up and what they needed to do. And in our lives today, conviction is not a word that we like to talk about a lot. And we view conviction as a bad thing when as conviction is actually a blessing. Uh, conviction is a work of the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus in John chapter 16, that without that work in our life, we would never know we needed a renewed walk with God. We would never see where we've messed up. If we, if we didn't have conviction, which is the work of the Holy Spirit showing us, hey, this is not right. This is not what you ought to do as a believer. This is against God's word. If you didn't have the Holy Spirit in your life, you'll never be convicted. And if you're not convicted, you're never going to turn. And that's the requirement. And, and so conviction is essential. It's not a bad thing. It was never intended to be a bad thing. As a pastor, I've heard before people said, I don't like going to church because every time I go to church, I get convicted. That's not a bad thing. That's God trying to get your attention to show you that you need a turn. You need a change in your life. And so conviction happened. And then once they were convicted, they confessed. And if you'll remember, confession from a biblical standpoint is not just admitting you did something wrong. It's agreeing that what you did is wrong according to God's standard. So it's not, I'm sorry because I got caught. See, that's a lot of us, we, we're sorry, we apologize, but, but we're more sorry that we got caught than we are sorry that we did what we did. To, be con to confess is to say, God, yes, I did this, 
and I agree that this is wrong according to your standard. And so that's what they did. They, they, they were convicted, they confessed, and then last week we looked at the last step of that, and that is they repented. And to repent, if you remember, was a change of heart that leads to a change of mind, that leads to a change of direction. And so we looked at the idea of repentance and, and the need to turn away uh, from the things that were pulling us further from God so that we can turn back to Him and begin to, uh, this process uh, of coming closer to Him so He can begin uh, to move in our lives. And so that's kind of where we've been. And, but then the question becomes, what then? So that's what Josiah did, and that's what the people did, and it led them to a fresh movement of God. And the same will be true for you and I if we were to really rediscover the Word of God, if we really were to be convicted, if we really were to confess, and if we really were to repent, then God would have a fresh movement of, we would have a fresh movement of God in our life. So the question is, what then, or what does a fresh movement of God, what does that lead to? Uh, what, what does that lead to in our lives? And to answer that, we're going to go back to the book of Psalms, and we're going to look at a, a man who had a renewed uh, walk with the Lord, a fresh movement of God in his life. We're going to look at the life of David. So if you have your Bibles in Psalm 51, I'm going to ask if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning. We're going to start in verse 10, and we're actually going to read down through uh, verse 15. So David, pretty much, if you read Psalm 51, this is his prayer of repentance. It's his response uh, to being called out uh, by the prophet for his sin with Bathsheba and all that included. If you read that, you'll see that he followed the exact same principles that Josiah did. Um, he, he was convicted. He confessed. He repented. Okay? And then starting in verse 10... We see uh, what, that, what happens in that, and, and we're going to focus on one of those things specifically. Look at verse 10 in Psalm 51. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Let's pray. God, today I pray that you'd bless the reading of your word, and now as we begin to examine it this morning, I pray that I would decrease and that your spirit living in me uh, would increase, and that the words to be shared today would be yours and not mine. And that, Father, you would find that, that these words would find the place you have for them in the hearts and the lives of your people this morning. I pray today that you would convict us where we need to be convicted, that you would comfort us where we needed to be comforted, that you would challenge us uh, where we need to be challenged. And, Father, that you would uh, just work in our hearts the needs that you know we have. And we pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So in Psalms chapter 51, you, you get towards the end of it, and you begin to see what David says would be the result of a fresh movement of God in his life. And, and some of the things are there, they're very true, and I could preach on them. Uh, having a clean heart, that is a good thing. That is actually a result of having a fresh movement of God in your life, which we've talked about last week with confession and repentance uh, the last couple weeks, how that cleans us, according to 1 John 1, 9. Uh, he also talks about the joy of his salvation being restored. That is another very big blessing 
to having a fresh movement of God. Matter of fact, that may be uh, what some of us need. We, we just need the joy of our salvation to be returned to us. And that's, that's a great thing. But there's, there's one thing very specific that he talks about, starting in verse 13, that I want to focus on because I believe it is the very end result of having a renewed walk with the Lord or having a fresh movement of God in your, your life. And so that's what we're going to look at uh, this morning. There are three things I want to point out to you that are found in verses 13 through 15. Firstly, a person who is renewed, a person who is having a fresh movement of God in their life, that person will share the wealth with others. They will share the wealth with others. I was asked earlier uh, this week what I was preaching on, and I said my sermon title is called Share the Wealth. I'm going to preach on socialism today. And they, they just kind of looked at me like, oh. Uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But we, we do live in a culture where the idea of shared wealth is uh, viewed negatively by a lot of people and viewed positively by people. And I'm not here to preach a political sermon because that's not what we're here for. But I do want to talk about the fact that those who are renewed want to share what they've received with other people. That's what they want to do. A renewed person will share the wealth with other people. Now, David's prayer tells us that after he was convicted, after he confessed and he repented, that he would do something. Look at it in, in verse 13. He says, then I will, okay? Then I will. So he's saying he's going to do something. And, and right there in verse 13, he says, I'm going to teach transgressors your ways. But in verses 14 and 15, he says this. In verse 14, he says, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Those two verses, verses 14 and 15, are indicating that David is going to, with everything he has, he's going to praise God by telling others what God has done for him. He's going to share what God has done for him in the lives of other people. Now, why is that important? It shows us that a truly renewed person will, that truly being renewed will lead you to sharing what God has done in your life with others. Listen, I want you to know if you truly had a renewal with God and you truly have a fresh movement of God in your life, you are not going to be able to keep that to yourself. Now, I got the opportunity to spend 10 years as a youth pastor, and so my best example of that is False Creek. Now, for 10 years as a youth pastor, we never went to False Creek that we didn't come back and have a False Creek reflection service. Now, there were a lot of years, there were several years, where when I wanted to have a reflection service and I asked the kids to, to volunteer to give a testimony of what God had done, there were years where I didn't get any volunteers. There were years where everybody just kind of looked at me and was like, oh, not me, no, mm. And they, they, mm -mm. and they put their hands in their pocket, they turned their head, they didn't want to get called on, they didn't, they, they, and then if they did volunteer, they're like, well, I'll talk about what we did in recreation. Or I'll talk about what we did in our team game night or something like that. But you very seldom, sometimes, they didn't want to talk necessarily about what God had done. And the reason why, to be honest with you, is because that particular year, the kids didn't allow God to do much. And so they had nothing to share. But then there were other years where God moved. And when we sat down, before we even left False Creek, kids are saying, are we having a reflection service? Yes, we are. 
I want to speak. Really, what do you want to speak about? I want to tell people what God did for me this week. For some, it was their salvation. They couldn't, they, they, they won't tell everybody, God saved me. But for a lot of others, it was God delivered me from this, or God showed me this, and God has just given me a vibrant spirit again that I haven't had in a while. And they wanted to share, and there was no point in me saying, you can't, because they were going to share whether or not I let them or not. Matter of fact, one year when I was at Lone Grove, the spirit moved so much that every kid wanted to speak, and so I was trying to, to just pull out three or four and, and I told them, guys, we, we don't have time for everyone really to share. And my pastor looked right at me and said, we've got all the time that God gives us. You let them speak. And you know what? Not one single adult left. And we were there for a while. As a matter of fact, that's the closest service to 1 o'clock I've ever been in. And you could see it on the adult's face. They were God was using that for them. And it all started with God's movement in the life of these kids. Now, False Creek's one example, but there's other examples you can use as well. We've seen people who have been in a revival or they went to a conference or you, you've, you've been to a Bible study or whatever, and God just grips your heart. You want to tell people about it. And that's natural. When we have something good happen to us, we normally want to tell it. I mean, I don't know very many parents that, um, married parents, and I don't, you know, make sure, but people who are married and, and find out they're going to have their first child, I don't know very many that like keeping that to themselves. Most of them like to tell everybody about it. Grandparents really like to tell everybody about it, right? So you don't have any struggles telling people when something's good in your life, and a movement of God is not just good in your life, it's great in your life, and you're going to want to tell someone. And that's what David says, the one who is convicted and confesses and repentance is going to share that with other people the second thing that we're going to see is not only is that person going to share the wealth of what god did but they're specifically going to share the wealth of the word of god look back at verse 13 he says after all this happens then i will teach transgressors and he uses a very simple phrase but it's very important your ways your ways. That, that's God. I'm going to teach transgressors God's ways. Now, where do we find God's ways? In God's word, right? You don't find God's ways apart from this. This is God's word. This is where God's ways are located. That's why churches and individuals who think they're going to go out and evangelize the world and not use this, they're going to find themselves in trouble quickly. Because this is God's word, this is God's ways, this is God's light. And if you go out in the world in darkness without it, you're lost. And you can't do nothing. And David very specifically says, not only am I going to share what God did with me, I'm specifically going to share God's ways with others. So he's going to share the word of God with other people. And that is a person who's truly been renewed. They are going to tell the world about God's ways or his plan. Now what are God's ways. Now, some people say, well, God's ways are his laws, or God's ways are his uh, whatever they want to fill in, in the blank with, but truly, God's ways can be boiled down and summed up in one word. Gospel. That's what God's ways are. 
gospel. The word gospel literally means good news. That's God's ways. God's plan has always and ever been that he would send a redeemer to die on the cross for people who couldn't live perfectly in and of themselves, which, by the way, is every person that's ever lived. And that's what he says he's going to share. I'm going to share God's ways, the message of God, the gospel, his glorious gospel with people. And listen, that's important because that's the message people need to hear. That's the only message that can save people from their sin. Uh, we can go out and, and, and we, can, we can preach all kinds of sermons. We, we can preach um, uh, feel-good sermons. We can preach health, wealth, and prosperity sermons. We, we can preach social reform sermons. We can even go out and do what a lot of churches today are, and that's preaching political sermons. But that's not what people need. People need the sermon. What is the sermon? The gospel. What was Jesus' first sermon? Repent. Repent. That was his first sermon. Repent. Turn from where you're going and turn toward God. And the only way to do that was through him. And so that is the message that we would preach. So the one who is renewed is not only going to tell everybody about being renewed, but they're specifically going to tell others about the ways of God, specifically being the gospel. And that is what we need to commit to in our personal lives. That's one of the ways we can tell uh, we've been renewed is that we're going to want to share the gospel with everyone. A few years back, or last year I think it was, when I had uh, Tristan Clark with us who moved up to Michigan to plant that church in the Upper Peninsula, um, one of the stories that... <laughs> Uh, he, he's, he's very passionate in his walk, but he had been in, uh, in South America, down in Brazil area, uh, trekking the, the mountains down there, looking uh, for unreached people groups. He was specifically assigned that area to, for, for three months, and he, he just hiked the mountains looking for people groups that had never heard the gospel. And he was sharing the gospel with them, but he was keeping track of those so he could turn them back over to the International Mission Board so they could send missionaries to, to follow up with what he was doing. And so during that summer, he had an incredible testimony of what God did during that summer, God's provision, uh, God's protection. There were times where God supernaturally protected him from some of those people. And anyway, when he was just, when, when he come home, he was passionate about what God had done, and he was ready to tell everyone about what God done, but he was also ready to tell everybody about the gospel, so much so that he was in the airport in Miami, Florida. Miami, International Airport, the big one, okay? And he has landed, and he's sitting there waiting on his next flight to come back to Oklahoma, and he sees a guy who works at the airport go over and pick up a phone and began to, to talk on it, and it was making an announcement over the loudspeaker for everyone. And he looked at his partner and said, I think God's telling me I need to go pick up that phone and preach the gospel. To the, to the friend's credit, he just looked right at him and said, well, go ahead. He's not telling me to do that, so <laughs> you go right ahead. And you have to know Tristan. Once he felt God was telling him to do something, he couldn't let it go till he did it. And he sat there for a few seconds, and he got up, and he walked over there, and he picked up that phone, and he began to preach the gospel over the overhead for everyone to hear it. 
And the amazing thing was, it was his friend who was sitting there watching him said there were three security guys that walked by, stopped, and never said a word, and kept right on moving. Now, why do I tell you that? Because someone who's got God moving in their life is going to want to tell everybody about what God's done, but you're also going to want to desire people to be saved. You're going to want people to have what you have because you're going to really understand it even more how great it is. And so a renewed person is going to tell everyone what they've done. They're going to tell what God's done in their life. They're going to preach the word. And then the last thing this morning, and this is important for us to hear, is that when we are renewed and when we share what God's done and we specifically share God's ways, which is the gospel, that message or that wealth is going to be received. Look back in verse 13 real quick. He says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, look at the end statement, and sinners shall be converted to you. I want you to notice that. Matter of fact, if you have your Bible, circle that word shall be he didn't say might be he didn't say possibly be he didn't say potentially they might be he specifically says that i will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be shall be converted to you What that means is, is the result of renewal is that it leads others to receiving the wealth of a fresh movement of God in their life. Or it leads others to the beginning stages of receiving a fresh movement of God in their life. God will use your testimony to impact the hearts and the lives of other people. I talked about False Creek Reflection Services this morning at the beginning in my first point, and I've got one more we'll share with you before we close. But in 2007, when I was the youth pastor at at, at Lone Grove, we had a a, a really big uh, year that year at False Creek, and I I don't, I I just, when I would do False Creek, I always prayed about a specific um, emphasis point, and that particular year, I just really felt like the emphasis of confession of sin was important and the end result of confessing our sin from first john 1 9 which so you you now know that first john 1 9 has been a major aspect of my ministry for a long time not just since i moved to walika but one of the things i did was i took a cross made out of wood um, and i took it and i sat it in front of our stage there at false creek in our cabin and we preached on sin and things during the week but the last night I I had strips of paper and pencils, and the emphasis of the sermon was, you need to bring your sin to the cross. That's where forgiveness is truly found. And so what we gave them time to do at the end was time for them to come up. They were able to grab a sheet of paper and write down the sins in their life that needed to be confessed, the sins in their life that God, they needed forgiveness for. And they ranged from everything in the world you can imagine. And they would write it down. They folded it over. They took a nail and a hammer, and they tacked it to the cross. And then the goal was, and I told them, when we do our reflection service Sunday, we're going to, at the end of it, we're going to come out into the parking lot, and we're going to have a a sin-burning service. 
and show them what it means to be truly cleansed and because when you burn that it goes away the type of paper we used it doesn't um, it was magic paper it doesn't turn to ash it literally just disappears okay and so we did that and the invitation was powerful I don't think a single kid didn't come forward and write something down and, and tack that to the cross and so we come back and we're having our our false Greek reflection service and we're emphasizing sin and, and what I began to see was as we began to explain to the church what we had done I began to see church members writing stuff down now, I didn't know what they were doing I thought they were taking notes which as a youth pastor made me feel pretty good because nobody ever took notes of a youth pastor sermon and then I come to find out at the end they weren't taking notes at all that God was using and had used the testimony of those kids and what God had done through and and the the way that they felt uh, refreshed the way they felt cleansed and forgiven was evident in their in their speech it was evident in their conduct just the way they were carrying themselves and the church embraced that and all of a sudden I see our church wanting to be a part of that so what they were writing on their own without being told was their sins and when we walked out into the parking lot to, to burn them they went wait we have some too and church members began to nail their sins to the cross to be burned why why because God used the testimony of those students to lead our adults into their own renewal with the Lord you and I need to understand that when God is moving in our lives we need to share what he's doing because God will use that in the lives of other people let's say it more maybe more simple like this if you're here in this room and you're a believer in Christ if you're a believer in Christ it's because God used somebody in your life who had been renewed he used somebody who was it? I don't know. Who told you the gospel? Who shared the gospel with you? Who told you what God did in their life and then get told you the opportunity and how to have that opportunity for God to do that in your life and what you needed to do? Who, who preached the gospel to you? Maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was a youth pastor. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was a youth pastor. Maybe it was a bus driver. Maybe it was a VBS teacher. Maybe it was a grandmother or a grandfather or a mother or a father or an aunt or an uncle or a brother or a sister. Who was it? The church has ever and always been built on the testimony of Jesus Christ and what he's done for others. We take what God has done for us. We share that with other people. And God uses that to turn people to him. Why do we need to be renewed? It's not just for us. As a dad, I need spiritual renewal for my children. As a husband, I need spiritual renewal for my wife. I need God to use me to bring them to that. I need them to have renewals to bring me. Do you see what I'm saying? God has ever and always used renewal in the lives of people to lead others to renewal 
So when you have truly rediscovered the word and you've truly been convicted of sin and you've truly confessed your sin and you've truly repented of your sin, then you will share the wealth of what God is doing. You will share the wealth of God's word and God will use that to lead others to the beginning of a renewal in their life. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a few moments this morning. We're going to have a time of invitation in just a second. And I really pray that God has used this to bring some kind of renewal to your life for those of you who's been here and been in the series. And I really pray that God's used that. And I pray that you've had time to be truly convicted and you've had time and you've truly confessed and you've truly repented of your sin so that you can have that fresh start or that fresh movement of God in your life. But I also pray that God will use that fresh start in your life, not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of others. We live in a world that is desperately needing a Savior. And I don't know about you, but if you haven't noticed, the world is not getting any more righteous. The world is ever increasing towards darkness. And that means that our job is all the more important today to share the gospel. But it's hard to go out and share the gospel when you're dry, when you're empty. When your Christianity feels cold, it feels lifeless sometimes. And so God has given us the gracious gift of renewal that he offers by sending the Holy Spirit through his word to convict us so we can confess and repent so that he can begin to move again in our lives so that we can be about our task of sharing the gospel with everyone we meet so that they too can have a renewal in their lives.